0: the 150 psalms that we have, over a third of them are typically classified as laments, sad songs for sad people. And there are plenty of other emotions that you can come across in the collection, but the majority of the psalms are ways that God's people have expressed their grief to him. Psalm 56 is one of those psalms, and it's going to help us articulate our struggles to God and show us how we can process that anxiety and strengthen our walk with God. We have a clear historical event as a background to this psalm, when David was seized by the Philistines in Gath. We read of David going to Gath twice, in 1 Samuel 21 and in 27. Clearly, the Philistines who ruled over Gath are among the enemies, but we should also take note of why David was in Gath. In 1 Samuel 21, verse 10, it said that David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. David is fleeing from one enemy to the other. There's no refuge that David can find. He's only picking the lesser of two evils. And no matter where David goes, he has an enemy at his back. And so back in Psalm 56, we read in verses 1 and 2, Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long, and in their pride, many are attacking me. David fled to Gath because Saul was in hot pursuit. And this fleeing from bad situations to the next leaves David feeling oppressed, pushed around, pressed from all directions, and he's running out of space to breathe because there's nowhere he can go anymore. And that's how the psalmist is feeling all day long. Even when his enemies aren't actively pressing the attack, the psalmist always has to watch his back. In verse 5, all day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for my life. Now, we aren't being pursued by Saul, but some of us still have actual enemies that we constantly have at our heels. People who only appreciate how easy it is to torment or belittle you, maybe work bullies who love to pin all the blame on you for a bad project, or just the increasing hostility that our culture seems to have towards religion of any kind. But our enemies can also be on the more abstract side as well. We can be oppressed by the responsibilities and work at home. Forty hours just doesn't seem to cut it anymore for a lot of jobs, and nobody's paying overtime. We have two incomes needed to afford rent in any big city. It takes a village to raise a kid, but if you have to move out of state and find jobs, you don't have that support anymore. And on top of that, we're told to exercise, meditate, get eight hours of sleep, cook healthy meals at home, pursue hobbies, make time for friends, get a side hustle going, catch up on the latest shows, and don't forget to read and work on improving yourself. And so there are so many things that are going to oppress us, whether they be literal enemies, life situations, or disasters that we face. These pains and problems chase us down all day, every day. And after being stepped on, attacked, overwhelmed, and seeing no way for the pressure to be giving up, We give up. But if we decide to not be quiet about it, to take the example of David, to have an honest talk with God, even at our lowest points, we can begin to process those troubles and reorient ourselves to God. As we pray to God, here are some things that we need to remember. We need to remember that God knows. In verse 8, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. When thinking of his sleepless nights and countless tears, David asks of God, are they not in your book? There are a few places in scripture where we hear about God's book. We have it in Exodus chapter 32 being mentioned by Moses. Malachi calls it the book of remembrance. And in Psalm 139, we see that all the days of David are recorded in God's book before he was even born. It's similar to how in the ancient Near East, kings would have books detailing their great feats and notable events during their reign. And it was usually filled with building projects, wars won, armies conquered, or kings captured. It was similar to an ancient presidential library, a record dedicated to the success and triumphs of a leader. Well, they don't put everything in those records. It's not a daily Instagram post of what Tiglath-Pileser had for breakfast, It was only a record of the most important events. But God, he's got a scrapbook full of memories of you. Every sleepless night that you have, when you're tossing and turning, he has a record of that. Every tear that you've shed, he's collecting it because he's collected every single one of them. And so we need to understand and trust that our tears are important to God and we shouldn't ever hide them from him. He doesn't want to ignore our troubles. He doesn't want to minimize the problem because before we've even begun our prayer to him, he's got extensive notes on the entire matter. And so we should always bring our feelings of being overwhelmed and stressed to the point of breaking to God because he knows and he cares. And he's given us an entire book to learn how to approach him in prayer, the Psalms. And so after we come to realize that God knows, cares, and understands our pain, We need to trust in his word. In verse 4 and 10 through 11, we're given the same kind of exhortation. Verse 4, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And again in verse 10 and 11, in God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? So twice towards the beginning and the end, the psalmist is reaffirming his trust in God. And he does so by reminding himself of who God is and who the enemy is. That word flesh, that's just anything for man. It's the meat that you have on your bones. David is saying, I don't worry about that, because that's just mortal man. But in contrast to the men who pursued David, the psalmist is reminded that he has God on his side. And this isn't just any ordinary God that the pagans worshipped. In verse 10, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise. In verse 10, we read the Lord in our English translations, which stands for God's personal name. This is not just some random God. This is Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God of the Exodus, the God who brings good news to the poor, binds up the brokenhearted, and proclaims liberty to the captives. David doesn't have some pathetic idol on his side. He has the living God, and that's why he's not afraid. Who or what can truly be against us in the face of our God? And so the psalmist trusts that he can call on this living God to cast down his enemies. In verse 7, for their crimes will they escape. In wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. He knows that the enemy is going to turn back, because above all, the psalmist knows that God is for him. And finally, we want to draw closer to God. In verses 12 through 13, David still says that he is going to perform his vows, render thank offerings, because of all the great things that God has done. David is saying that he's going to commit himself to God in all circumstances, especially the worst ones. Instead of withdrawing from God when things go bad, he knows that God's the only one who has the answer. If I'm being pursued by the enemy, David says I'm still performing my vows. If I'm being oppressed, I'm still offering thanks. If the enemy is watching my every step, well, they're going to watch my steps carry me right into God's presence. We, we do this all the time. When we're being shot at by robbers, we run to the cops. When we're trapped in the fire, we run to the firemen. If we're sick and bleeding, we run to the doctor. So why does it change when we're being pursued by enemies or oppressed by life that we don't run to God? We understand this concept. And so when we're feeling down, we need to understand God is the one we need to run to. Because in verse 13, you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life.